0: 49. Now, when we look at news and views and different things, sometimes I play clips from people, and it doesn't mean you endorse everything that they say or everything that they are. One of the problems in our culture is the way that we put people into categories and therefore exclude them from saying anything. So, for example, because it was Donald Trump who talked about the China virus, the whole idea of COVID having come as a result of experimentation within a Chinese military lab in Wuhan was automatically dismissed. Well, it turns out that that is now a very likely scenario and it was too easily dismissed.
1: Something happened. Either they made a terrible mistake, uh, probably it was incompetent, somebody was stupid, and they didn't do the job that they should have done.
0: So uh, I was just thinking about that and thinking about how we think about things and also thinking about how science is done. And I came across this clip from Alan Savory, an ecologist. Uh, Let me know what you think of this.
1: People coming out of a university with a master's degree or a PhD, you take them into the field and they they literally don't believe anything. And this is a peer-reviewed paper. It's the only thing they accept. And you say to them, but let's observe, let's think. Let's discuss. They don't do it. It's just, is it in a peer-reviewed paper or not? (laughs) That's their view of science. I think it's pathetic. Gone into universities as bright young people, they come out of them brain-dead, not even knowing what science means. An unintended consequence is that when new knowledge emerges, new scientific insights They can never, ever be peer-reviewed. So we're blocking all new advances in science that are big advances. If you look at the breakthroughs in science, almost always they don't come from the center of that profession. They come from the fringe. The finest candle makers in the world couldn't even think of electric lights.
0: I think it's fascinating. I think... His comments on peer review are, are largely correct. Peer review is the idea that your work should be reviewed by your peers. Uh, if you're a top scientist, you should be reviewed by top scientists. But the trouble is, uh, a lot of peer review has now been politicized. And what you're finding, as shown in Pluck Rose and Lindsay's book, Cynical Theories, what you're finding is that um, it's, it's, it's easy to fool people with language. Peer review may be important, but it's not the be-all and end-all. And I do particularly appreciate what Savary said about young people going into universities as bright young people and coming out of them brain-dead. It is important that we think for ourselves. And that's what we're trying to do here. So here's, for me, one of the most gorgeous pieces of music ever written. That's Pink Floyd's Wish You Were Here, and I don't know why, but many people, well, maybe I do know why, actually, I guess you can work it out. I I associate with this as well, not just with loneliness, but also with death. Speaking of which, we have euthanasia, as I say, is being pushed and pushed and pushed and pushed, and it's going to continue to be pushed. Uh... Currently here in Australia, one by one, the states are falling. New South Wales will be the last to fall. But euthanasia is causing a great deal of harm all over the Western world. I read a tremendous article by Paul Kelly, who is the editor-in-large of the Australian newspaper. And he says this, State-sanctioned death exposes West's moral decay, which is a, a very simple way of putting it. And he says that two ideas consume us. Extreme steps are deemed essential to save lives from the virus, virus while we authorize the state to liquidate lives in the name of humanity. On the one hand, we strive to protect life through the health system, and on the other hand, we move to terminate life through the same health system. That is the situation as. We find it and it's happening more and more and more. Limited euthanasia will expand. The Dutch have even set up mobile death squads to kill sick and elderly people in their own homes. I do think we need to take special care or in looking at this issue and in thinking about this issue and in campaigning for this issue, because on on the one hand, it seems obvious. You Wouldn't you put a dog out of its pain? Yes, but human beings are not dogs. And the issues are much, much more complex than that. OK, let's go on to look at some world news. Uh, COVID, first of all. Um, one day this week, there were two extraordinary statistics. The first is the UK, for the first time since March last year has gone 24 hours without recording the death of someone who'd tested positive for COVID-19. Um, now, there are no reasons for that. It was a bank holiday, and so there'll be catch-up and so on. But it does show the extraordinary extent to which the, the vaccination programme, particularly in the United Kingdom, has been successful. And then the same day, news came that Austra- the Australian economy had grown larger than it was before COVID. Now, there are many, many different reasons for this, but it really is quite extraordinary. We were told at the beginning of COVID that this was going to set the Australian economy back 10 years. And it's not even set it back one year. And then staying with COVID, we go to China. And as I mentioned at the beginning, the whole momentum that's now gathering around understanding that COVID-19 came from a Chinese laboratory rather than from nature. There's been a release of correspondence from America's top medical advisor, Anthony Fauci, who in February 2020, so that's almost a year and a half ago, he had been informed that COVID-19 exhibited unusual viral characteristics which could have potentially been engineered in a lab. And although he explicitly denied that in public, now he's come out to say that it's a very plausible theory. Do you know, it's That is such a big story. If it turns out to be the case, and it's little wonder when you think about it, just think about it this way. It's in Wuhan, where COVID originated, that the Chinese military are doing tests into biological warfare and viruses. And when the Australians suggested that there should be an inquiry into all of this over a year ago, the reaction of the Chinese government was furious, why? And then think about it this way, and to me, this is astonishing. When COVID-19 began to spread in Wuhan, flights were forbidden from Wuhan to any other Chinese city, but they were allowed to travel all over the world. At best that is that was grossly irresponsible if this story is true and I stress the word if then it means that millions of people will have died because of the Chinese military developing a biological weapon God will love it. Okay, let's shift to Africa. And here's a rather extraordinary anthem of Burkina (laughs) Faso. French, of course, against the humiliating bondage of a thousand years, rapacity came from afar to subjugate them for a hundred years. Against the cynical malice in the shape of neo-colonialism and its petty local servants, many gave in and certain others resisted. But the frustrations, the successes, the sweat, the blood have fortified our courageous people and fertilized its heroic struggle. And so it goes on. It's um, very verbose. But sadly, Burkina Faso remains one of the world's poorest countries and also one of the world's most violent. Where this week it was reported that jihadists had attacked a baptism ceremony and killed 15 Christians in northern Burkina Faso's Odalan province near the Mali border. It's last May, 58 people, including children, were killed in three separate attacks. In Burkina Faso, by armed Islamic militants. This is an ongoing slaughter of Christians in Africa. Isn't it about time that the world paid attention? Now let's think again about truth. And I came across this extraordinary video and testimony and we we don't have time to play it all but here's just a bit of it from a Scottish woman
3: called Sinead Watson. What I would come to think of as my gender dysphoria began to develop in my teens as a result of repeated I'll say um, unwanted experiences um, which did leave me with um, quite a bit of trauma. I, by the time I was in my late teens, I was severely depressed. I was struggling with an alcohol problem as well as various other issues. So I wasn't very mentally well. And this was something that my doctors were very well aware of, um, including uh, one breakdown that I had resulted in a brief stint on a psychiatric ward. So my medical file was very clear that I had a lot of issues. But prior to the age of about 21 or 22, I had never mentioned a desire to transition. I'd never mentioned having gender dysphoria. But after finding um, transition related content online, I truly came to believe that this was the condition that I had. And so I self referred to a gender clinic, the Sandiford Gender Clinic in Glasgow. So Without any kind of exploratory talk therapy, a couple of months after my first appointment, I was greenlit and prescribed testosterone. Now my testosterone was quite strong. It was called sustenin250, and I injected it intramuscularly um, every three weeks for the next four and a half years. And you can hear the effect it's had on my voice. It had a lot of very dramatic, irreversible, unfortunately for me changes on my body. And in 2017, the clinic referred me for a double mastectomy, which I underwent as well. So um, I then stopped going to the gender clinic after getting the double mastectomy. And they never contacted me again, um, which was quite dangerous considering that I needed to have regular blood work because of the risks that are associated with taking cross sex hormones. Um, Apparently, they just forgot to get back in contact with me. So when I started to experience transition regret in 2018, um, the primary reason was that I realised what I called my gender dysphoria and what had been diagnosed by the clinic as gender dysphoria was actually a combination of various other issues and factors that had never been addressed. And I made peace with the fact that I, like many other people, was using transition as a form of escapism for other comorbidities.
0: Now, she's describing what happened to her when she transitioned and is now detransitioned. And she says this, I would not have transitioned if her gender clinic in Glasgow had challenged her about her desire to transition. But she said they were scared of being considered transphobic. And she's now started to tell her story. But this is astonishing. Twitter have banned her. What for? She's telling her story. She's telling what happened to her. She's not attacking anyone else. And yet Twitter abandoned her. Because that's the way it works nowadays. And then in in this whole area, there's something extraordinary going on with Stonewall. Now, Stonewall have really pushed themselves as being pro-trans. And there's a kind of... They're LGBT and there's an organisation called LGB without the T. And they're really pushing this trans-inclusive stuff. And again, it seems to be that so much in in the upper echelons of society have taken on board this. However, Stonewall themselves now are coming under pressure because Stonewall are largely funded by government and big corporations. And we keep pointing this out. But more and more, the government are now saying, we're going to back off funding a lot of Stonewall. And some of the universities and others, people pay tens of thousands of pounds to have Stonewall vet them to do what Stonewall wants them to do. I saw that the um, feminist Maya Forstater has tweeted out about mermaids, the LGBT plus consortium, Stonewall, Gendered Intelligence, the LGBT Foundation, Transactional the Good Law Project are appealing to the Charity Commission to not toward the LGB alliance charity status the revolution eats itself all right let's you remember this tune <laughs> that's of course looney tunes I put that there because, you know, remember when cartoons were cartoons and for the entertainment of children and sometimes adults? Well, not anymore. They've got to be piled into the, the trans stuff as well because now a non-binary cartoon unicorn is to be used to train Canadian children. Uh, I- incredible. Named Gigi. The unicorn is a virtual resource to teach students about Uh, Trans rights and gender rights in school Uh, It's meant to be the characters Dinosaur, the unicorn is meant to be non-binary It doesn't identify as male or female Unfortunately, the word GG And I I don't know if they have done this deliberately It's a derogatory slang term that refers to Female genitalia Oh Canada, where are you at? Alright, enough of that Um sometimes people wonder whether Christianity and humour go together. Uh, Sometimes I get accused of bringing too much humour into speaking and all I can do is cite Charles Haddon Spurgeon, the great Baptist preacher, who when he was accused by a woman in his congregation of using too much humour, he said to her, Madam, you may well be right, but you should be thankful for what I don't use. But here is a Christian comedian called uh, Tim Hawkins and I just thought, I I. I actually just thought this was really funny. That's all I wanted to share it with you. Have a listen to this. Yeah,
2: man, i tell you what, music helps us out a lot. I, uh, I love to sing, I love to sing. I, I sing in weddings, believe it or not. Um, <laughs> why don't y'all shut your mouth? I had a friend call me not too long ago. He said, dude, I'm getting married. I want you to sing at my wedding. I'm like, okay, I'd be honored. When are you getting married? He goes, in two weeks. I'm like, well, thanks for the heads up. <laughs> I said, uh, "Well, what do you, when do you want?" He goes, "Well, my friend, I wanted to sing. He fell through, so I called you." <laughs> well, flattered. Thank you. I said, "Okay, when do you want me to sing to the wedding?" He goes, "Well, when the bride's walking down the aisle, I want you to sing then." <laughs> you sure about that? Oh. <laughs> I said, "Okay. Uh, well, what do you want me to sing?" He goes, "You pick." <laughs> yeah. i was thinking half of me's going no way the other half of me's like i can make this a wedding no one's ever going to (laughs) forget there's a lot of songs wouldn't go well (laughs) very appropriate at a wedding we're walking down that
4: what's love got to do got to do
2: that wouldn't be very appropriate
4: (laughs) (laughs) she's my best she used to be mine. That would be. Well, there's a friend over that one. Oh, there's worse. But I still haven't found what I'm looking for. <laughs> you can't always get what you want, but you can try sometimes. You might find you get what you need. Yeah.
0: And then something that's not so funny, and that is the decline that continues in the church in the United States, where a couple of weeks ago figures came out that showed that the Southern Baptist Convention had reported the largest single-year membership decline in more than 100 years. It lost more than 400,000 members in 2020. Uh, In fact, they lost 435,632 in 2020, a higher loss, 50% higher than in 2018, 2019. Um, The denomination has declined over the past 15 years by nearly two million. That is not good news. And neither is this. In the United States also, President Joe Biden has decided, has said, that they are going to exclude the Hyde Amendment, which bars federal funding for abortion with exceptions for rape, or incest, or if the mother's life is in danger. And Biden has put into force, or he's going to put into force, legislation which would allow America's death culture to be exported, not just over all over America, but throughout the world. And the result of that is another major issue that people just don't seem to be aware of, gender sides. What's happening to hundreds of millions of of baby girls, well, they're being killed. That's what's happening. In 2017, The Economist argued uh, a decade after arguing the opposite that that this was ending, but The Lancet has just recently reported that there are 13.5 missing 30.5 mil- million female births that are missing during the 1987 to 2016, and that is in India. Also in Vietnam and in other countries as well. So it it looks as though women, females, girls are being discriminated against and killed because they are women. Where are the feminists on that one? Speaking of women, here's an amazing woman. Well, it's Jordan Peterson talking about his wife, Tammy.
2: Her recent brush with death has Deepened her religious sense and impelled her towards a life that's more consciously focused on service to others, her family in particular, but not only her family, people beyond the family. And I also think that's a function to some degree of our stage of life. She's a grandmother now, and her children are grown and able to take care of themselves. And so she can turn her attention to other people maybe farther afield from the immediate family. Um, I'm watching what she's doing and listening to her and watching her do that has also highlighted for me, the missing praxis in Western Christianity. If you wanna be a Christian, let's say if you think that's necessary, it's not exactly obvious what you should do. You should go to church, but that's not enough, I don't think. I find it useful to contemplate the highest good on a continual basis. I'm trying to keep myself oriented in that direction. That's a, it's a religious orientation fundamentally. It's an overwhelming orientation.
0: Now that whole interview is, is well worth looking at. Um, I, and I'm just intrigued that Mr. Peterson's wife is a Christian. Apparently, uh, she's taken the truth more seriously, uh, coming near to death and experiencing that herself. And Peterson talks about how watching her has deeply affected him and that is true isn't it when when our partners become believers it has a deep impact upon us continue to pray for Jordan Peterson and you know conversions do happen and, and miraculous ones every conversion is a miracle isn't it um here, here's one that actually amused me quite a bit listen to this
3: years ago I've been going through some difficulties in life and then I decided to- design as the secretary so happy to be
0: that is the president of or the former secretary rather of the atheists in kenya society mr seth mahiga um, and i just i think this is one of the greatest press statements i've ever read on the 29th of may 2021 the press statement of atheists in kenya this evening regretfully The secretary of the Atheists in Kenya Society, Mr. Seth Mahiga, informed me that he has made the decision to resign from his position as secretary of the society. Seth's reason, I love this, I just love this, Seth's reason for resigning is that he has found Jesus Christ and is no longer interested in promoting atheism in Kenya. We wish Seth all the best in his newfound relationship with Jesus Christ. We thank him for having served the society with dedication over the last one and a half years the position of secretary of the society has been rendered vacant. That is Harrison Mumaya, president of the Atheists in Kenya Society. Oh, well, good for them. That is just absolutely superb. All right, uh, a couple of other things before we go. Listen to this. That is Chelsea fans booing at the European Champions League final and why are they booing? They were booing because uh, players were taking the knee back, Black Lives Matter and so on and again there's a fuss about this and the the, the English Football League spokes, diversity spokesperson Edeline John says, no, 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 the players are doing this because they want to be campaign for diversity and equality. No, they don't. Does nobody grasp this? These players are being paid millions of pounds each per year. They don't want equality. They don't want to have to get the same wages as the fans do. No, no, no. It's, it's, that's not what it's about, but anyway, it, it, it's interesting. I think when fans are allowed into stadiums, you'll find more and more there's this kind of reaction. But anyway, going back to Chelsea, uh, here's a sound of a somewhat different sound. That is Chelsea fans in London celebrating them scoring and they went on to win. Um, Incidentally, the European Championships, uh, football championships are about to begin in Glasgow. I had to laugh at the instructions. They are going to allow, I think, 12,000 people in the stadium. But no singing, no hugging, no shouting. Yeah, a football match, that's going to work well. And speaking of which, Dundee, my team, promoted to the Premier League. I know most of you don't care, but if you want to understand... What football is, it's a community thing, and even though here I am in Sydney, I feel immensely proud of Dundee and of the city of Dundee, which now has Dundee United and Dundee in the Premier League, and I'm looking forward to going back for a game. And then our final story is a rather bizarre one, again tied in with football. Have a listen to this.
3: My name is Kian Prince. And I am a professional footballer. Or at least I would have been. Had I not been killed when I was 15.
0: Deep fake technology is being used to predict how knife crime victim Kian Prince, who was killed, stabbed at just 15 years old, would look at 30 years old. And he's in effect been resurrected to be a, a player in the game. Just to become a virtual FIFA player, you know, on a, on a, on a computer game. Do you know, I, I feel, obviously, for his father, who's Dr. Mark Prince, OBE, who's campaigned against knife crime and so on. And knife crime, by the way, is rocketing in London. But I don't think having resurrections, if you if you like... Virtual resurrections are a patch on the real resurrection that comes through Jesus Christ. And that's where we're going to finish. We're going to leave you with Shane and Saint, Shane singing, Lord of hosts, you're with us. They sang this. It's a, th- a version of Psalm 46 that they sang at the American National Day of Prayer. Lord of hosts, you're with us. That's what we need. We don't need resurrected emojis. We need the risen Christ to be with us. Thank you again for listening. Please do let me know of any news items. Thank you for those who have done so. Any constructive criticisms you may have if you wish to support go to the Podbean fundraiser and please feel free to contribute there. But meanwhile, I leave you and look forward to being with you next week. I apologize for the gruffness of my voice this week. I'm full of a cold and you just try coughing on a packed Sydney train. Uh, it looks people look at you as though you've got a bomb, but no, I just have a cold. I don't have COVID. But uh, overall, we just pray that the Lord would be with every single one of us. See you next week.
4: Bye. The oceans roll, you are the Lord of all, the one who calms the wind and waves, makes my heart be still Though the earth gives way, the mountains move into the sea, the nations rage. I know my God is in control I... The ocean rolls.